Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think. From mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching dramatic action-adventure novels, our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com str. You have somehow ended up listening to the stuff that's real that you didn't know was real, but also is cool podcast or sturdy dick were bayek or uh, never mind. What's up, everyone? This is Nick Thacker, and I am, of course, joined by my gracious and loving co-host, Mr. J. Kevin Tomlinson, J. Ph.D., Esquire, Master's Degree, Master of All, I, I do Master have of None. PhD. Yeah, that's how we open the show every single week. You this know is that, how right? we open the show. Every, you know, I have a Ph.D., but I have a poor memory. <laughs> His I Ph.D. was the, not in a memory, folks. It was not, and I bought the it was Ph.D. Not in online, so... It doesn't count for anything. I do have a genuine master's degree, though, so <laughs> got to get those credentials well, out there. You got to get the credentials. I'm excited. I'm excited because you got a good one. I picked a couple of things. I'm not sure how exciting <laughs> they are. You're holding those cards until the last minute, aren't you? Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, no, I got a cool one, man. I, I'm kind of fascinated with this area of our country, it's in the United States in general, mainly because I really haven't spent much time over in this area. It's over kind of what we would call the the South. In this particular spot is in Kentucky, and um, right. I'm fascinated with it because there's just some really cool history. You know, I'm a I'm a whiskey fan, and there's a lot of good bourbon that's come out of this area. Of course, we know Kentucky for that, but there's just a really cool kind of nostalgia, I think, to this whole Southern history of the United States. There's a lot of bad things, of course, as well, but we're talking specifically about the geography of this area today. And one of the things that I love to do in my books whenever I write. Inevitably, my characters end up in a cave. They end up okay. underground. They end up Same. trying to chase each other through some cavern system that needlessly gets bigger and bigger and bigger because I just can't write very well. And so I'm like, well, they need to run away. And then, you know, an hour to discuss and figure out, talk amongst themselves while they're running. So that means they're running for an hour. Let's call it, you know, six, seven miles an hour underground. And so, so that all of a sudden the cave system gets just infinitely big, but they don't get lost because I guess there's signs. And anyway, the books are terrible, but the caves are really <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, and I, I have done this in numerous books where I'm like, okay, don't write a cave, don't write a cave, don't write a cave. And then I get to the end and I'm like, damn it, I really need to put them in a cave. Man, this I scene doesn't work unless they're underground. I'll set <laughs> a book in like Boston or something or New York City. And the next thing you know, they're in a cavern or a cave. They're in a cave. And always yeah. being chased by a paramilitary group. So I'm going to write a book called Paramilitary Group in a Cave one day. Machine <laughs> Helicopter. Machine helicopter. <laughs> <Luto Bess. laughs> yeah, no, I, I was literally just doing research back. for this show. And I, I came across one of the things I might want to talk about in the future is these hidden subway stations and trains under New York City. They have all these closed either uh, stations or just like lines that they had and they're all underground. And so I'm like, how am I doing this? It always comes back to a cave with me. It always comes back to something underground. So some people uh, might that, read something into that, Nick. Some people might. There might be some kind of Freudian thing that I can do here. Um, <laughs> 
No, so I was going to talk today about something I've just discovered that I'm going to be doing a bunch of research on, but this is called the Louisville Mega Cavern. Have you heard of this thing by chance? I have not. It's in Kentucky, in Louisville, Kentucky, and apparently was one of the best kept secrets because it was a privately owned limestone quarry. And I guess we probably knew that there was a quarry there, but we didn't know that it was just mind-bogglingly huge. But check this out. Some of these stats here. Uh, So it was mined early 30s to 70s, 1930s to 1970s. It goes under all 10 lanes of the Waterson Expressway, which I guess means something to people who live there. The mega cavern, one cavern, right? So the actual room is approximately 100 acres. Okay. Can you imagine something that... (laughs) That's how big this thing is. 100 acres. Um, Wow. 100 acres. And here's what's really cool about it. This is where I came across it. It is actually classified by the Metro Louisville government and the state of Kentucky as a building. And as it goes on, as a matter of fact, it is the largest building in the state of Kentucky. It's been given its own building code. And so apparently, because it's all underground, the ground above it is just regular like Louisville, you know? And so it's the only place in Kentucky, apparently. I guess there's other places like this in the United States, but it's the only dual zoning area. So there's like literally you can build on the ground and it's residential or whatever. And underground, it's this commercial zone. So it's just huge. I mean, apparently they've even over time, they've backfilled the cavern to be able to put roads and dirt and rock and things like that in there in order to create warehouse space and whatnot. And so you can see these pillars come out of the ground that are like 25 to 30 feet tall, but these pillars are actually like 85 to 90 feet tall. So that's that's kind of floor to ceiling. You can imagine how huge this thing is, but a lot of it's been backfilled in order to create the roads and warehouse space and all that. So anyway, there's all kinds of cool stats. I'm just reading off this page, but one of the ones here's one of these stats that I find completely useless. Like I can't really imagine this, but apparently if you filled up the mega cavern with boats, it could hold up to 16,000 units. (laughs) I don't don't know if these canoes or kayaks or, you know, we talking like, you know, luxury yachts. (laughs) What what a completely unqualified statement. Yeah. Isn't that just... I love stats like that, but it, it can hold 16,000 boats. And everyone's like, oh, okay. Great. That's 16,000. That's, that's a big King space. If King Kong wore a tutu, he could wear 900 <laughs> tutus. <laughs> it's like, where does that stuff come from, man? We yeah, need a way seriously. to describe how massive this place is. Let's talk about how many boats we can shove in there. People don't understand feet and acres in volume. So we need to uh, boats. Everybody knows what a boat is, especially people so, in Kentucky. We all know what boats are. You said it's a natural cavern that's been mined out or it was completely man-made? You know, well, that's a good question. I think it is a natural cavern that has been mined to be larger and larger, I believe. But that's a great question. So what happened when I was researching this, I thought this was the same thing. This was a cavern that's part of the Mammoth Cave System in Kentucky, also in Kentucky, which is the largest cave system in the world. And so I just was reading the mega cavern stuff thinking that it was part of the same system. And I don't think it is. So this might actually just be a mined cavern. Never mind, folks. Let's just reverse this. This isn't cool anymore. If people made it, it's not cool. No, I'm just kidding. I think Um, there's at least some of it that is natural, though, because I was looking at pictures. I would think so, yeah. It, It looks like it's pretty natural as far as like there was a cavern there. I'll have to see. Here's some origin information. Yeah, man, it's a big deal. I mean, they used it for all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, I guess inside, so in the sixties, sixteen thousand boats we can sixteen thousand boats. Yeah, during the Cuban Missile Crisis in the sixties, I guess the state officials they were planning on using this to house people because it could hold like fifty thousand people, and it was a natural bomb shelter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's kind of cool. I mean, it's been all sorts of things. It looks like it's privately owned, so it may not even be 
as accessible as it could be. I guess if that makes sense, like it's there's probably places we don't even know about inside it. So things like that have always fascinated me. The whole the idea of caverns and underground, you know, the underground cities. There's a in Houston, Texas, of all places, there's a whole network of underground tunnels downtown that are all kind of a giant mall. Like there's retail stores and stuff, and they run under the city. You can get from one side of downtown to the other by wandering around in these halls. I did it once, and I got lost as hell. I mean, I couldn't... I don't know how anybody navigates down there. But as terrifying. you can imagine, Houston is not known as the Bayou City for nothing. There's always like the 100-year floods and things like that, and it, it has flooded multiple times. So they have like giant sump pumps that, that keep water out of it. Fun facts. But I love stuff Fun like facts. that. I love the idea of like tunnels and secret caverns and stuff, man. Me too. And I I like the idea that this is privately owned because it means it was probably had some like nefarious purpose at some point, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it probably had uh, like some bad guys were doing some bad stuff. This is Kentucky, right? So like bourbon and all kinds of prohibition era stuff. If you were, if you owned your own cavern, I mean, you'd be an unstoppable serial killer, you know? There's the yeah, I wouldn't even think it would be serial killer. It'd be some villain who would be trying to, he'd have some secret, there'd be a laboratory in here. Yeah, exactly. you know, Actually, that's one of the things I was reading that's kind of cool. I wanted to research related to the story I was talking about before, the New York City subway station that they keep finding, basically. There was a Nobel Prize winning yeah. physicist that used one of those stations as a laboratory. He was testing the rock because it was super deep. I guess he wanted to see the granite or something. So that's exactly what I would picture um, using something like this for. You got to, okay, here's a hundred acre cavern underground. What do you want to use it for? And everyone's going, well, it's a mine. We can pull some rocks out of it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Think bigger. We got to like Manhattan project this thing. Like let's build something really cool and really secret and really bad. Give it to the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. This thing is huge though, man. It's a, it's fascinating. Yeah, I'm just reading some of these stats here. I mean, it's apparently it makes sense. You know, the utility costs are 75 to 80% cheaper than the cost of a building not underground. I imagine maintenance is easier because you don't have to like replace walls and stuff. But uh, I mean, so this reminds me of like there's old Chicago, which is basically the entire original city is under the new city, you know, buried underground. Uh, But you can actually walk around in that space like they even do tours and stuff now but for a long while there, no one went down there because it was just over the decades the city sort of sunk and they built on top of it so yeah, that's like wild to me old buildings and stuff you know with lighting and everything there <laughs> i remember <laughs> reading something about that out in san francisco i think it was where they were trying to dig out a tunnel for their subway system i'm on subways yeah. today apparently and underground stuff if you can't tell and they actually ran into like a sunken ship it was like that used to be underwater. And then, of course, the land, it sunk and the land got piled up on top of it and everything. And so they just drilled through the side of this, the hull of this ship. And the subway no. just goes through that ship now. Really? Goes through it. That's, That's what cool. I heard. That's what I read. That's we'll have to look, look that up. But yeah, okay. they just were like, yeah. well, just keep going. That sounds go like forward. a future too, episode too expensive to go around. Cool. I think there's so. Your, there's your next episode. There's the next one. New York City subways and San Francisco boat subways. I wonder if one of those ships could fit in this. Um, I wonder how many of these ship units could fit in this cavern. <laughs> how, many, <yeah. laughs> how many subway ships <clears throat> could fit into the cavern? At Fewer least one of the 16,000. Uh, 16,000. Yeah, that's ah. cool. I love stuff like that. 58 degrees year round. This is cool. So I want to go there. I want to try this out. Apparently, you can go and they've got all kinds of like family stuff you can do. They've got Mega Zips, which is yeah. the world's only fully underground zipline course. You know, of course, they've got that. Um, yeah, 
And I saw some picture of something what looks like a maze or some kind of quest you can do. This is all privately owned, right? So it's it's sort yeah. of... Now we're talking. You know, I'm sure you're paying you them. Put yeah. me down there in like a maze or something, you know, in the quest. I mean, I'm all over that. That's cool. I would totally I'm do sure to find it here. The mega quest. Here we go. Oh, it's, so it's an aerial ropes challenge and it's all underground. So basically, they're just building normal stuff and they're calling it the only underground world's underground. That's what I would do. If but, I was because, yeah, <laughs> real easy, you know, like for a brief second there, there was the world's first underground iPhone, for example. It's easy. Right. It's easy to be the only, <laughs> the only. And thing at some point, done. you just start doing that with everything you can think of, and pretty soon you have the world record holder of world record holders. You got the most <laughs> world records, right? First person wearing Crocs for, underground. <laughs> for, for most firsts underground. Very cool. Yeah, it, it, it seems pretty cool though. I, I would definitely try this. Out. We should go tour this place and write some books together about it. That's what I do. That's what I like to do. That's what, how I try to con my way into stuff for free. Exactly. Talk them into. Yeah, uh, Letting me in for, you know, to as research for a book. Exactly. Free publicity. Everyone loves to work for free food. Free publicity. <laughs> the exposure bucks you're going to get. You're going to get so many exposure bucks. <laughs> Think of all the exposure bucks. Cool. <laughs> Right. Yeah, so I'll drop a link in here. Any listener wants to check out what this thing looks like and, and go. Yeah, I should give you a link to explore Kentucky. What you story. what you got for us? So speaking <clears> of <throat> stuff that's underground, well, it's not going to let me open a the little chat to send you the link, so I can't send it to you. Oh, hold on, here we go. Let's try that. So mine also involves stuff that's underground, sort of dead bodies that are underground. So I wanted to talk about the bog bodies. Have you heard of the bog bodies? I and, think uh, I have. Are these are the guys that fall into the bog and get basically mummified. Yeah, these are. Yeah, they're, and there's some evidence now that this was not. This is a little more nefarious, or okay. most of them are a little more. I nefarious. wonder. Yeah. So this is in Denmark, and it's in the Jutland Peninsula, as described. The bog itself is a little more than a spongy carpet of moss and a few trees poking out. So it's a very, like, if you look up photos of the bog, it's a kind of creepy place. Like, did you ever see Never Ending Story? Yeah, years and years and years ago. Okay, so that's a bog, okay? Right. Uh, that scene where, uh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but the scene where the horse, the bog of despair, I think it was called, or something like that, but <laughs> swamp of despair maybe or something. It, but where the horse gets sucked down and everybody cries, that's a bog. That could be a bog. But so, you know, finding a bunch of dead bodies in this thing is probably was no stretch. But for years now, decades, they've uncovered like this cache of what they call the bog bodies. And it's near Toland in Denmark. It's a little village. But they've recovered. I don't remember how many they've recovered so far. But they're in like phenomenal condition. Like they, some of them look like they only just died over the past year or something. You know, there's barely any uh, deterioration. But the most famous of them is the Toland Man, and he is let's see, about twenty three hundred years old. I think is what they're saying. Actually, yeah. So he fell into that bog, or was rather murdered and placed into that bog before the birth of Christ. So that's pretty impressive. But now they're doing, they're starting to scan him and they're taking like DNA samples and stuff. So this could reveal a whole lot of really interesting facts about the way these people lived, their diet, their health conditions, all kinds of things that, that might actually be sort of useful and helpful to people in the modern age. But And they're finding more and more of these bodies that date back well beyond the birth of Christ. Like one of them comes in in the Bronze Age around 2000 BC, which which puts him 700 years older than King Tut. 
So these are remarkably old finds. And the the deeper they go in, the more of these they find. So this is kind of cool. And as a thriller writer, we write archaeological thrillers. Something like this could be really interesting. I could see a scenario, like in one of my books, The Girl in the Mayan Tomb, I had them find a body of a modern-day Broadway star in an ancient lost Mayan tomb. And I love setting up little sort of impossible puzzle scenarios like that. I could see doing something like this, too, like because they find these things in layers. Because over the centuries, the bog gets deeper and deeper, and there's think of it like uh, layers of a cake. You know, you'll get one layer of moss growing over another, uh, so on. And so bodies you find at the very bottom are going to be the oldest. So it would be interesting if suddenly you found somebody, you know, a guy who disappeared last week, that turns up the bottom of this bog with a 2,000-year-old mummy next to him or something. Right. You know? Yeah, that would so, be, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's, it's not as awe-inspiring as your caverns, but it is. <laughs> I think, I <laughs> no, I think it is because it's, it's like a... thousand boats in the bog, though. Probably at least 16,000. <laughs> Just general boat units. General boat units. (laughs) I do find this very fascinating. I have read about this before and, of course, forgotten most of the things that I've read. But, you know, this isn't isolated to one area. There's all kinds of these peat bogs everywhere. And, of course, we all know I'm a whiskey fan, like I said. So peat is, is, you know, one of the main ingredients in good scotch, you know. So I wonder if, um, well, I don't know. I wonder a lot of things. But I'm reading some about it here now. It looks like it's kind of a, there's like a band of longitude, latitude, where these bogs typically prevail, United Kingdom all the way to Denmark or Ireland all the way to Denmark, you know? And yeah, I mean, this is obviously, we know people are around pretty much since the beginning of people in these areas. And so, yeah, the deeper we go with these bogs, the more bodies we find. Yeah. And they're very well mummified. They're very well preserved. And not just bodies. They're finding all kinds of really interesting things. And the thing about these peat bogs is apparently they just are very good for preserving things. There's an entire industry built around something they call bog butter, which is butter made by people in these various eras that was being wrapped up and stored in the bog to preserve it. So that they I'm really glad that you said that. I was yeah. really worried you were going to say it's butter made out of the people they found in the bogs. Well, <laughs> I should have dragged that out a little longer. I might have had to barf on air if that was uh, what the case was. <laughs> so that should have been your lead. If it <laughs> that should have been should have bog been. butter. Uh, there's a uh, story that I shared with you. It's actually a little sub story about a guy who found a 22 pound hunk of bog butter in Ireland. So, and it was dated to be around 2,000 years old. So it's 2,000 year old butter that according to the description smells a little funky but is otherwise preserved so you could uh, eat it you could use it as butter huh yeah yeah you could eat it in fact they do there's an entire business around that idea of this recovered bog butter it's a delicacy (laughs) so you know they're using that story to sort of give a show that if butter can be preserved then you can certainly preserve bodies i love what they say in here though it says uh it's thought to be 2,000 years old. It smells pretty funky. This Iron Age comestible, which is a word I am only now discovering, comestible would apparently work just fine spread over 21st century toes. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll be the first one to try that one, man. But I would you totally know, it's interesting. That. Yeah, that's probably true. I probably would try it. Absolutely. It's interesting to yeah. me how these. So I'm reading some of the stories in here that they basically put the, they don't, what do they call them? Degenerates of society. Um, yep. And this is how they got rid of like the cowards or whatever they people yep. they didn't want. This was like a murder ritual or um, yeah. what am I? What's the right word? They would kill people they didn't like by throwing yep. them in the bog. 
what's funny, I guess, kind of ironic is that the bog itself was like one of the best ways to preserve these people. So right. we know all the people who have been in these bogs, we just got to find them, dig them out and be like, oh, it's this person. And they were killed for whatever reason. And we can see it, you know, and their skin, their hair, all that stuff is largely intact, which is yeah, crazy. Yeah, to me. that's really interesting. 2000 year old yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. 2000 year old people. That sounds like a good title. <laughs> yes. So. And who knows what else we'll find, you know, like I said, I've said this before on the show, but like that whole comment, stuff just keeps getting older. Those bogs are, in some places, I mean, they're as deep as the Empire State Building, you know, I mean, you can dig down for nearly forever, and who knows what you'll find. So there's, and there are bound to be other things in those things, like animals and stuff. They, we have found animals, you know, but what I'm waiting for right. is for them to get down to the point where they discover like really well-preserved like dinosaur DNA or something. And here comes the cloning and, you know, suddenly <laughs> we have T-Rexes roaming the streets again, just like in uh, Jurassic Park. Wow. I'd be excited by that. So yeah, bog people. Bog people. And of course the bog alligators that probably live there and, and thrive on the, the dead carcasses. I'm sure <laughs> that's why we can't I'm scuba dive in them, right? <laughs> I'm actually looking at one of the pictures, the picture of the Toland man. Uh, mm -hmm. It is very well preserved. I mean, definitely dead. Skin's all black, you know, but he's in very good shape. So he is. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I saw that picture in there too. It's striking. Yeah. To me, it looks almost better than some of the mummified remains we've found other yeah. places in the world. Yeah. It's a little easier to see his features, I guess. It's funny to think that guy is probably a jerk. Like everybody probably. decided we got to throw this guy in the bog. Got to toss the tall man <laughs> in the bog. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, and here's a statement. This speaks to why this matters. But like, there's a quote from one of the researchers that says, if we find his DNA, maybe we could say where he came from, his clan, from the north, from Greece, wherever. Could he drink milk? Was he prone to diabetes? What about arteriosclerosis? That's one of the reasons we sent him for a micro CT scan in Paris to look into his arteries. So, hmm. and, you know, of course, if we find things, as we find stuff from these people, find out what their biology was like and you know what their diets were like and things like that. We can discover a few things that might be very helpful to us now. Right. You know, we might find cures for certain diseases or we might find ways to reverse diabetes or other conditions. So so pretty cool stuff. We might very cool. Uh, yeah. find a, a, a virus <laughs> that causes a, a world. Hey, there you go. Now you sound like a Nick Thacker book. Something underground <laughs> that causes a virus. That's the old <laughs> go-to, yeah. And anyway. this even has Nazis in it, too. Did you know, catch that? There's some Nazi stuff in here in this article. Or I'm trying to find it here. The Nazis basically repurposed some of these bogs or bog bodies to buttress their own Aryan mythology. Now, I don't really know what that means, but it does say that the Nazis got to this as well and, and made it even more of a villainous affair. Nazis. Never any source of stories. Nazis. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's oh, it all right. Me, oh, good stuff, man. That's uh, exciting stuff today in the underground. You should just name the show The Underground. Everything's underground. Now, if you're listening to this and you're wondering, you know, who the hell we are and, and why we're talking about stuff underground and you've heard us allude to our books before, go check them out. You can find my books at my website, nickthacker.com. You can find Kevin's at kevintumlinson.com. Yeah. And you will be able to find all of the stuff that we've written. And some of it's actually kind of good. I'm not going to lie. Some of it's actually readable. Mostly Kevin's, but, you know, some of my stuff no, is as well. So. Yeah. All of it. All of it's readable. So Probably yes, time to wrap this up then. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely time yeah. to wrap this up. But uh, yeah, uh, thanks yep. for being with us today. It was a good episode of Underground Fun Stuff. And of course, we will be back at you next week with another fun episode of Stuff That's Real That You Didn't Know Was Real But Also Is Cool podcast. I'm your host, 
with my other host with the most Kevin and Nick, and we will see you next week. Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think. From mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching dramatic action-adventure novels, our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com str.